a grave economic crisis, and a mass protest. Let's see what's going on in Sri Lanka in today's episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Deep Diving into the Wise and thank you for tuning in. I'm your host Sarah and I hope you enjoy this episode. So I did keep my promise and I am going to be posting much more on this podcast over summer because I have more time to invest in this podcast. I'm pretty excited to work on this much more because I enjoy doing this. Because I'm posting weekly, there's not much of an intro to do, so let's just get right on into the episode. Before I get into the actual content of this podcast, which is about the Sri Lanka economic crisis, I have a short section called, So What Just Happened? This is a section where I normally cover what has happened in a month and the top news of the month. However, since I recently posted last week, it's going to be much shorter today. I'm going to limit myself 30 seconds to tell you the news of this week. So here we go. I think the biggest news is that the ex-Prime Minister Abe of Japan was assassinated in broad daylight with a gun. This is shocking because of so many reasons, mainly because one, it was a very famous person, and also because gun violence is extremely rare in Japan, but this killer created his own gun. Another news is that Boris Johnson is going to resign as the Conservative Party leader, so we're going to be having a new Prime Minister in autumn. Finally, Brittany Griner, a WNBA star, pleaded guilty to bring to bringing marijuana oil to Russia. She could face up to 10 years in prison, and President Biden said he's taking measures to release her. So that's it for this week. Now let's just get right into the content. Firstly, I'll introduce where Sri Lanka is and what kind of country Sri Lanka is. Sri Lanka is a South Asian country that is close to India and the Maldives. Kota is its capital, but Colombo is its largest city. Sri Lanka was under British rule until 1948, but then it regained its independence from that year on, and it has had a parliamentary system. The population is made mostly out of Sinhalese, Tamil, and Muslim people. In South Asia, Sri Lanka ranked first in the Human Development Index, which shows that the country has pretty good education, GDP, and health. The most recent president is Mr. Gotobaya Rajapaksha. Before, his brother Mahinda Rajapaksha was in charge of the country. So this family, the Rajapaksha family, has taken control of the country for a very long time. Most importantly, Sri Lanka is facing a serious economic crisis. So let's deep dive into that. Now I'm going to talk about why Sri Lanka is facing an economic crisis and what kind of problems it is facing. There are several reasons for the downfall of Sri Lanka's economy. First is a fall in tourism due to COVID-19. Sri Lanka is a country quite dependent on tourism, with tourism being the third largest source of foreign exchange. With this gone, Sri Lanka's economic growth slowed considerably. Even now, there are fewer people going into Sri Lanka due to travel restrictions and 
overall lack in tourism in globally. So Sri Lanka is a country that has faced a larger burden from this fall in tourism. Another reason is the lack of foreign exchange. Sri Lanka has a lot of debt to China. In fact, more than 10% of its GDP is debt to China. With the lack of foreign reserves, Sri Lanka cannot import many of the key necessities such as food and fuel that citizens require. In fact, Sri Lanka has had to impose a ban on sale of petrol and diesel for private vehicles and normal citizens because they lack the foreign currency to buy any foreign fuel. Until June until July 10th, which is around 2-3 days ago, ordinary, ordinary people could not buy any fuel for their cars. Even worse, officials report that there's only less than a week's worth of fuel for essential vehicles like trains or ambulances or publicly owned cars. Consequently, many have been asked to stay home. However, this is only a temporary solution and fuel is required to run any economy at this moment. Furthermore, the high debt of foreign reserves mean that most of the government revenue will be used to pay back the debt in the future. Thus, other government spending will be sacrificed, such as investment in healthcare, investment in education, which will be quite problematic for future generations. This then led to the third cause of a crisis, inflation. At this moment in time, inflation is at around 39.1%. This is extremely high. The government tried to implement contractionary monetary policy and increase interest rates to 15.5%, which was the highest in 21 years, to discourage spending. However, the rate of inflation doesn't seem to be falling. The contractionary monetary policy is not helping because the inherent cause of this inflation is supply side. This means that Sri Lanka is not importing enough of these necessities from other countries because they simply can't afford it. Due to the lack in supply, the prices are surged up and there is a excess demand in relation to the limited supply. So inflation will keep rising until the government can get enough stock of goods. However, this is kind of a downward spiral because if they try to get more goods, then they have to get more debt. And if they have more debt, then that's just going to cause more problems in the future. Another possible reason why the economic crisis happened was because of tax cuts. President Rajapaksha cut back on taxes in 2009 as part of his campaign, which led to a fall in government revenue. For example, Corporate tax was cut from 28% to 24%. Though, in terms of the short term, people benefited because they had more disposable income and perhaps there were more economic stimulus. However, looking at the long term, there were some consequences because due to the lack of government revenue, the government doesn't have enough foreign exchange. Finally, another reason of economic crisis is a spiral caused by food shortages. In 2021, Sri Lanka was already struggling to pay the foreign currency, so they limited the import of chemical fertilizer and demanded the farmers to use organic fertilizer found in their own country instead. This made the situation worse, however, because there were crop failures and thus subsequent food shortages. To make up for this, the government had to import food from abroad so citizens won't starve. 
then this again led to even more debt, as I briefly talked about before, and created a downward spiral. Overall, there were so many reasons and so many policy mistakes that caused this economic crisis. Now, let's discuss about the impact of this economic crisis on its citizens. I'm going to mainly talk about three necessities, medicine, food, and fuel. First of all, medicine. Sri Lanka imports more than 85% of its medicine and medical equipment. Without more imports, it could affect the health and lives of many citizens. COVID-19 is unfortunately still a big thing, so lives that could be saved may not be saved without the proper equipment such as ventilators. Antibiotics, antidepressants, blood pressure medicine, and so on are being critically low in stock right now in Sri Lanka. Many doctors in Sri Lanka is asking for donations because these are vital medicine for some people. One doctor even said that they might have to stop doing cancer treatments because they lack space and they lack the equipment. Next, I'll be talking about food. Cooking gas cylinder, which is uh, equipment that is used by many households in Sri Lanka, has shot up from $7.5 to $13.25. So many families can't cook warm food with these cylinders. Also, many families reported that they have reduced their meals, some saying that they don't even dream about meat or fish. They just need some vegetable and rice if they can afford it. Food inflation is 28% right now and it is expected to increase. In social media and in news sites, long queues of citizens to get bare necessities are shown. According to sources, stores are having low stock of necessities and many empty shelves. Finally, fuel. As I mentioned before, the government created a law that people cannot buy fuel for several days. People can't travel. Also, the problem is that fuel is necessary to run all parts of the country and the government saying that they don't have enough fuel already is very worrying. Upset and exasperated by all these crises that's occurring in Sri Lanka, the country finally reacted. On July 9th, thousands of people stormed into the residence of the president in Colombo. Though the president was safely escorted out of the residence, the citizens packed into the residence, swarming the hallways and jumping into the residence pool while protesting about the horrible living conditions that they are going through. The military used tear gas and fired empty shots to restrain the protests. Overall, the protest caused 33 people to be injured and perhaps even more. Taking this wide-scale protest, the president announced that he will resign his position. The prime minister also plans to resign. The future of Sri Lanka, however, is still uncertain. Sri Lanka currently has $51 billion of foreign debt. Additionally, Sri Lanka is expected to need $6 billion through the end of the year to buy necessities such as food and fuel to stabilize and to protect its citizens. 
To combat this situation, the World Bank has agreed to lend Sri Lanka $600 million. Additionally, India and other G7 countries are planning to provide generous support to Sri Lanka. However, loans are only a temporary situation. Sri Lanka is probably expected to pay this back anyway. So, though they might be able to stabilize the country and prevent it from crumbling completely, the future still holds very uncertain. Furthermore, no one knows who's going to run the country next. Normally, the prime minister is supposed to take over the president when the president resigns or leaves the office somehow. In this case, both are resigning. Likely, a member of the parliament is going to take over. However, the process of this will take time. And for now, the country remains presidentless. Overall, Sri Lanka is experiencing a turbulent time, and I hope that they can get through this adversity. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked it, please consider subscribing and check out my Instagram at Deep Diving to the Wise, where I post news of the days. I hope to see you soon in another episode. Thank you. Thank you.